we going to get this thing started? Are we going to do this? Yeah. Yeah. We're going to do it. You know why we're going to do it? Because this, 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 this won't hurt a bit. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. We're back. This won't hurt a bit. Season two, we've been gone for a little while. We took a month off, which turned into a year. Yeah. What's up with that? I blame Jess. What's going on? I blame Dave. I didn't roll my clock back. <laughs> oh, you thought it was daylight yeah. savings time. I've been one hour Jupiter. behind the entire time. Well, it turns out that we actually have real jobs other than this and, and that well, we are doctors. And by we, I mean me and Mel. Dave is not. No. I he make graphics for doctors. He doesn't have a real job, is that what you're saying? Uh, we have real jobs. And, uh, well, we've been we were working on them. Shabam. Yes. We've been working on Talking Tesla. Yes. We were working on MRAP, the, yes. uh, the mothership the mother flagship ship. show. The flagship show. Don't look mother at me flag. and say that. The mother flag show. <laughs> and uh, we're back. So we're, let's, we're, let's focus we on the positives. We're back. We're doing another season. This one hurt a bit. The medical show about everything that's fun and interesting and educational for the non-physician in your life. Yes. And we decided that we would mix it up a little bit because we want to be able to give you more episodes and more fun. And so we're going to do it a little bit different. And what we're going to do is, uh, is going to be a little bit, you'll probably notice just a little bit of a different style, but I think it's going to be good and it's going to be fun and we want to hear your feedback about it, only if it's positive. So let's do season two. Let's kick it off. I think it's going to be a fun season. Uh, Mel Herbert, Dr. Yeah. Mel Herbert. Yes. I'm Jess Mason. Yes. This is Dave Mason. Yeah. And this is This Won't Hurt a Bit. What's today's show, guys? Oh, wait a second. We're doctors. How about we talk about things that people have put into themselves? Okay. Okay. <laughs> or other people have put into them? Sure. Yeah. Or ha that have been put into them somehow. Or have been put into or them. Or things that have crawled into them. Yes. Really? Oh, yeah. Yeah. All these things we would call foreign bodies. Okay. Oh, my God. Foreign bodies. So, all right. You want to know my favorite foreign body yes. story? My favorite foreign body story. Let's go. Wait, is this you personally saw no. this? Yes. Yes. As, I, I haven't heard doctor. this. I, have I haven't a heard the story. That this happened too. Is that what you mean, or is it <laughs> what? Okay, go, so go. I'm working, and um, this patient comes in, who happens to be an incarcerated patient. Oh yes. And so the law enforcement officer comes to get the doctor and says, "Can you please come see him? He's got something in his eye." And I was like, "Sure. What? What's in his eye?" And the officer said, there's a staple in his eye. What? What? Like the staple I would use to put pieces of yeah, paper like, together? Stapler. Okay. Staple in the eye. So I'm kind of like, eh, I don't believe this. This sounds a little ridiculous to me. So I go over and the guy's sitting there and he's looking at me. Mm -hmm. I don't see anything. I don't see a staple in his eye. So I ask him what happened. He says that he put some staples in his eye, plural. And I said, okay, well, let me take a look. He opens his eyes and I say, follow my finger. And as I, as I bring his gaze to the side, so he's lo now looking to the left, out from the corner of his right eye pops a staple. It turns the corner and then he goes, ow, and he grabs his eye and it like tucks back in and it goes back in. And I was like, what? oh my God, what? he totally One thing I haven't asked have staple in before there. about the story, was it folded? Yes. Like the little tooth, the little... The tooth just hanging on. Well, no, no. I mean, like, yeah, it did it come before it's folded or like? 
Yeah, after you use it or before you use it? It was like it was like it's already been used through a piece of paper pulled out of the paper and then did he shove it in? He shoved it in. Yeah. Why? So. So I went back and took another look and it turned out it wasn't quite like in his sticking into his eyeball, but just that one sort of side of it, that one little metal side was just hanging on to that white part of the eye there. Just, just part of it was just stuck in and then the rest. Wait, his sclera? Like hooked into sort his sclera? Sort of, just, just a little tiny bit. The sclera, also known as the white of the eye, is the opaque fibrous protective outer layer containing collagen and elastic fiber. It was just hooked in there, but it oh, you could only see it when he looked over to the side. Mm-hmm. And so then I was like, "How long has this been in there?" And he's like, "Well, I put the first one in four years what? ago." First one. I said, "How Is many staples <laughs> do you have in your eye, sir?" And he said he had six. Six. Six staples in his eye. So it's actually just to be clear, it's not actually the eyeball, not the globe, but. To the side of your eye. So if you feel that like bony orbit, right? That's where your eye lives. And it's not just the eyeball. There's all sorts of nerves and muscles and stuff that attach back to your skull and, and go tendons. to your brain. Yes. So it's all sorts of things. But there's this space around that where there's fat and glands, and that's this extra conal space. And there's more space there than you would think that there would How be. How much space? Uh, there's there's a significant amount of space. Have you seen 2001 where the baby is floating in uh, space? <laughs> that much space. That much Jeez. Space. So I guess uh, a few years ago he had shoved uh, five or six staples to the side of his eye, and then he tried to get them out, and they were they were gone. They were just stuck back there, and it took this much time for them to for the first one to work its way out. That I mean, the last is one is pretty cool. The it last was the first one. one, the first one, because he had. Five more back there. No, no, but it was his last one he stuck in. Well, who knows what order they came out in. They might have switched spots a little bit. <laughs> Maybe number two on to be the first one uh, out. I don't know. Yeah, I guess. So he put these in over a period of time, six of them, and then it started to work its way out and it started to cause pain. So he came and said, doctor, I have staples in my eyes. Over what period of time had he been putting these in? Over years? Um, he, yeah, he it's did like, it over, I think over a few weeks, but it had been years ago. Oh, yeah. crazy. And they finally and he started did it because come out. he was actively psychotic it? at the time? Or what was it? I don't he... know if he, you know, he was kind of an in and out of jail kind of guy. Maybe he wanted to just have a little bit of a tool yeah. on hand, you know, a little just hardware. Like pull it out Might when he need needed it. it, you know? So... Yeah, can't pick a lot of locks with staples. No, but I'm just thinking. maybe he's thinking I could dig out or he <laughs> yeah, needs a weapon. Are you going to dig out of Shawshank <laughs> with that? He couldn't even dig him out of his eye. <laughs> <laughs> or a weapon. I'm just not thinking he's a little shank. Maybe if you're fighting ants, it might be a useful weapon. I don't know. Hopefully he had good intentions. Yeah. Let's just say this is not normal activity. He probably wasn't thinking straight at the time. No, no. So this lived in there for all those years. So what did you do? Took an x-ray and you're like, damn, there's five more. That came from. Like with an x-ray, a bunch of them like hanging out in there? Yeah. Well, he had had um, a CAT scan of his brain uh, so we could see where all the other ones were. And sure enough, there were five more back there. And so basically we just numbed up his eye, just put in some numbing drops of his eye because it was obviously very painful for him. And then just took some tweezers and just gently kind of... Coaxed them out? Coaxed it out. Just the one that was right there and it came out. And what did you do about the other ones? Did you just leave them there? Leave them there. They're too far back. They were way far back behind the eye. Come back next time one of these guys wants to leave your eyeball. Excuse me. I, I believe you have my stapler. I got another one. I got another one. Okay. Go. So, 
a patient is going to be arriving. They think that she probably overdosed on some heroin or took too many Percocets or something like that because she's not breathing well. Her pupils are pinpoint and they gave her some naloxone and she woke up. Okay. Naloxone is the one that kind of wakes people up right away if they're yeah. doing heroin, Reversal right? Reversal agent like for opioids. Like that one video. There's that YouTube video yes. of that. A paramedic or something that comes in and wakes up that kid. Yes. Bam, he's and awake. And they breathe again. Yeah. Yes. So we typically observe these patients for a little while and make sure that they're not going to need another dose of naloxone. So ask her what she did. She said she did some heroin. Okay, we're going to watch you for a little bit. And naloxone should work for a while. Not for like 10 minutes or 15 minutes, but it should work for a couple hours before it wears off. About 15 minutes later, the nurse comes and gets me and says, she doesn't look it again. Her pupils are pinpoint and her breathing is slow. So I think we need to give her more naloxone. I said, okay, I'll go back in. Yeah, sure enough. Let's give her more naloxone. Was there like she a friend right in the up. room? Uh, no, the nurse was watching her. Oh. And so, so we gave her another dose of naloxone. It's like, well, that's weird. I haven't really had to give it two doses in such close succession when they've come all the way back up to normal mental status. Anyway, 15 more minutes goes by. And again, the nurse comes and gets me and says, I think she needs another dose of naloxone. You go back in the room, same thing. Pupils are pinpoint, her breathing is slow. Yeah, she needs another dose of naloxone. This does not make sense. No one should need this much naloxone. Because somebody's giving her heroin or she's giving it to herself. She's just in there by herself and with a nurse. It doesn't make any sense. And then the nurse comes and gets me and says, you know what? Something's something's weird with this patient. She's like, I've noticed that she now has um, like a credit card oh. and a wad of money on the gurney and it wasn't there before. So I go over and I look and it's sort of like wadded up credit card with a, <laughs> a few dollar bills and a hair tie around it. And we're like, where did that come from? And we're like, ma'am, are you hiding anything anywhere? Nope, nope, absolutely not. And then me and the nurse talk privately. We're like, you know what? I think we need to go get a speculum to do a pelvic exam because I think she was hiding something in her lady parts. That's the correct term for it. Okay. I'm a doctor. Okay. <laughs> She's a doctor. <laughs> you mean her puss. <laughs> yeah. So, so we go get a speculum and we do a vaginal exam. And sure enough, not only was she hiding some money up there, but she was also hiding a drug baggie that had gotten a little bit of a leak in it, a mm. little bit of a hole. And so she was basically getting toxic from recurrent doses of heroin through her vagina. Slow release. Yeah. So we got it out. Well, since we're talking about drugs, I'll tell you about a foreign body case I had. So we had this uh, gentleman come in and he was quite sick and had been in a car accident and as part of the routine when somebody's in a car accident, you do a rectal examination. We're checking for blood. We check for, you know, whether you've had a spinal cord injury to see what the tone of that rectum is and if it's really loose or not. And so uh, the resident does the rectal exam and there's, says, there's something in here. Like, what? Like, there's something in here. I'm like, yeah, well, there's probably poopy and there's a prostate <laughs> gland. And there's, no, no, there's another something that shouldn't be in here. I'm like, what are you talking about? So we get an x-ray and there's this... In his this gentleman's rectum, there's this sort of vase-shaped object that's you know a couple of inches long. I'm like, well, there is something in there. So we uh, put on some gloves and put on some lubricant, and we put our fingers in there and pull out a crack pipe. Whoa, wrong <laughs> place. That's not where you're supposed to use it. 
No, it's not for the buttocks. <laughs> and, you know, crack is a drug and you heat it up and you can inhale it and you get high and you become a drug addict and you leave your family and it's terrible. But this is where he was shoving it because it was a police chase. Yes. Right. So he shoved it up his bum so the police wouldn't find it. And I just want to tell the kids out there that are thinking about doing crack, <laughs> remember this story because the crack may have been in the buttocks it was of some- a dealer. Just right. saying, yeah. reason number 67,000, <laughs> not to do drugs. It was butt crack. <laughs> oh, that's nice. so bad. Nice. There you go. Nice. It was so good, you guys. That nice. was such a good joke. It was. That was good. So many things in vaginas and buttocks, I don't know what to do. People swallow things. Swallow crazy things. What's the craziest thing you've seen swallowed? Oh. I got a good one here. What is it? So we had a young lady, and she unfortunately was very um, mentally disturbed, uh-huh. but loved to come to the doctor. Just loved to oh. come to the emergency department. Lots of attention. Lots of attention. It was great. So in order to come to the doctor, she decided that the best way to do that was to swallow the cutlery. Mm-hmm. And so like almost every day after they finished the meals, she would swallow all the plastic cutlery. And she would come in and have like four forks, 12 knives in her stomach. Wow. And it was really a disaster. So she kept doing this and kept doing this. They finally had to try and keep all of this stuff away from her. But she kept finding things to swallow so that then she could say, I need to go to the doctor. And then probably she was getting lots of attention and stuff and often would have to be kept in the hospital and have to have procedures done. And there's this thing called uh, Munchausen's disease where you hurt yourself because you're sort of obsessed with doctors and all that stuff. So, um, yeah, I think she had, we counted somewhere around 12 different knives, mm. forks, wow. and spoons in her stomach. Isn't that, isn't there, don't they call, isn't that what pica is or uh, pica? Pica, or? pica is when you like to chew on things like ice. Oh. It's not to be related or, to iron deficiency. Okay. But yeah, we had a we had a swallower as well. I think there, I mean, no matter what hospital you, you work at, there's always a swallower. You have your local swallower. And the gal who would frequently come to see us where I trained, she would swallow pins, uh, sewing mm. needles, yes. sharp glass. things. Yeah. People would swallow glass. Yeah. When you could swallow like a donut. Well, why would why would you go towards pins and needles? <laughs> There's so many other great things. A marshmallow. <laughs> oh, it's so nice going down. <laughs> it doesn't get you a lot of attention. No. Though. Yeah. Doctor, doctor, I've swallowed a marshmallow. <laughs> <laughs> Next patient. <laughs> doesn't get it done. What about the people that have those, what do you call it, like bijous or something? Oh, bizors. Bizors. <laughs> a bizor is a solid mass of indigestible material that accumulates in your digestive tract, sometimes causing a blockage. Didn't you have a patient that had like a five pound hairball like in their gut? <laughs> Not yet, but but yeah, a bizor is a... Is is like a, a it's hair. It's well, a hairball. It's yeah. a hairball. And it's it can a human be hairball. any can be any inorganic clump of stuff. So cats get them all the time because they're licking their fur and then they get all this fur and it's in their stomach and and they cough it up. Right. They cough up a hairball and sometimes they don't and that's a problem. They have to have surgery for it. Uh, but yeah, that's really common. We it reminds me of a we had a bezoar, a patient with a bezoar, and their stomach came in vomiting and like what's going on. And this is a gentleman who was also a swallower. But he would swallow hair and toothbrushes. Ew. So he would cut his hair and eat it. 
And he'd also brush his teeth and swallow toothbrushes. And so he developed over what we think was years, a giant ball of hair that had toothbrushes inside. Oh, I bet that smelled great. And he had to go to the operating room because they tried, they put a scope down and they're like, well, there's no way this is coming up. So he had to go to the operating room, had to have his stomach cut mm. open. They had to remove this thing, sew his stomach back up. It was... It was bad. That's disgusting. Yes. There was a, a patient who... Um, so there's sometimes there's people who put things under their skin that like shove things under their skin. I don't know why. Um, and there was... And there's also... Not, you're not and you're not talking about like piercings or like people that put those little no, no, balls no. and horns like underneath their clips. head. Yeah. Things like that. And then there's also people who shove things in their urethras. Oh. <laughs> yeah. But speaking of in toothbrushes... There was one guy who oh, no. uh, shoved a toothbrush, not in his urethra, but on like in his, in the skin of his penis, but on the side. Mm-hmm. And he like made a slit and then shoved a toothbrush in there. Mm-hmm. And then what? It's a bag. Showed Carried it off around. for, I, yeah. what do you do? Well, there's a, a, for a lot of these patients, <laughs> there's psychiatric illness that's yeah. involved here for a lot of people. But it was very big in uh, gang culture in the early 2000s. And I don't know if it still is in LA, where young men in the gangs would put marbles into the skin of their penis. So they would cut a little hole and uh, sort of dig it out a little bit and put marbles under the skin of their penis, sort of this body sort of morphism thing that you see now that's mm-hmm. really common. Yeah. So it's gone With the from horns underneath putting the skin in horns and, and stuff. That and... can occur in any part of the, yeah. the body. So they were putting these marbles under the skin. And it was so common. I'd never seen it before. And I'm like, what is this? And one of the old-timey uh, county docs there goes, oh, yeah, it's, it's all time. It's what they do. Like, okay. Next question. So these are things that people put into their bodies or into their skin. But there's also things that just get in there because they just... They crawl in. Oh, no. We're going there. Last season, we talked about this a little bit with the maggots. Yeah. And I had the kid with the maggots in the ear. Right, right. I can listen to it. It's disgusting. What else gets in ears? Yeah. What else gets in ears? Uh, The really common one is... Spiders? Oh, yeah. Spiders, but I was going to say roaches are the kind of the most common one. Oh, yeah. Roaches crawl into the ear. Yeah. No. Oh, my favorite. My favorite ear-foreign body was... When I was a resident, there was a girl who came in. She ran into the ER screaming, ah, and she's holding her ear. And everyone's like thinking she's a psych patient. (laughs) Like, you know, lock her up in room 22, like get her to calm down. And and she's like, it's in my ear. There's something in my ear. And I was like, how about we find out what's in her ear? Maybe there's something in there. So they room her. And I'm like, what's going on? She's like, well, I was driving and I had the window down and then I felt something fly into my ear. Okay, so I trained in Ohio mm-hmm. and there's a certain type of bug that mm. we see a lot in the late summer. You don't cicadas? see it out here. Uh, we do see cicadas. June but bug? what she had in her ear. Fireflies. I go to take a look and all of a sudden there's a light glowing from her ear. No. She had a lightning bug lightning, in her ear. Lightning bug. That's yeah. so cool. And as soon as it like lit up, she screamed because I think it like buzzes or something vibrates for them to to emit their light. Or they're just moving around. Yeah. Yeah. So the or poor trying little, to fly. Poor little bug, you know, it's like trying to get out. It's trying to go further in to get out. And then it's just just scratching on the on the eardrum. I feel so bad for these patients and it's so common for bugs to get in people's ears and cockroaches and it's really <laughs> psychologically disturbing as you can imagine. Yeah. Terrible, terrible. Yeah. So what we do? Yeah. What we do when someone has a bug in their ear. Take them um, out. Tweezers? 
That's actually exactly how you do it. But it's a bit, <laughs> more, it's a bit, no, it is. It's a bit more sophisticated than that, Dave. You've really. So here's what you do: every night at six p.m. This is what I say to the patients: every night at six p.m., take uh, a little bit of a cookie and just hold it outside your ear. All right. <laughs> and uh, the bug will come out and grab it. Merci. You just got to get it. Next night, do the same thing. Just hold it outside your ear, and the bug comes out and grabs it. Okay. But on the third night. Don't hold it out there at six o'clock. Don't hold it out there. And the bug will come out and say, where's the cookie? And you grab, grab it, it and pull it out. Hey, where's the cookie? Stop! You got me with that cookie trick. That's it. That's how you do it. That's what we That's do. That's what I was taught. Wilderness medicine. Yep. <laughs> That's not how you do it. <laughs> no, what we do is we take basically this viscous lidocaine, so mm-hmm. a topical numbing medicine, and it's a thick syrupy liquid. And so if the bugs in your left ear will have you basically lean on your right side so your left ear is up. And we pour that in the left ear and we drown the bug and we kill it. You'll see a little air bubble come up. It's its last breath of air. Do little words come out of those air bubbles like, help, help me. Yes. <laughs> then you pull it out. Sometimes you pull that, you pour that, um, stuff in that oil it's very viscous and they come running out Baby which oil. is also really freaky um that'd be great flying out boom you're like whoa <laughs> it's crazy stuff yeah and then it can be hard to get out you know the important thing is that it's dead and it's not going to be moving around and causing oh, the patient i can't even imagine like feeling like a little scratching yeah. and rattling so and there was just a recent article we uh, somebody shared with us uh, amongst the group that uh, this woman was complaining that there was bugs in her brain and she could feel them in her brain, and she could feel them in her brain. And it turns out this was in India, and this uh, cockroach, I think it was, was it a cockroach? Went into her nose, and in your face, there's all of these sort of cavities, these potentially big holes that help you know resonate your sinuses. So this bug had gone into her nose and crawled into one of the sinuses, which was underneath her brain, and she could feel this bug running around in the sinus going, I can't get out, I can't get out. In her brain, it's right disturbing. between her eyeballs, underneath her brain. So they had to take her uh, to the uh, OR oh. and pull this bug out from inside her face and pull it out. Yeah, it's gross. Isn't That's it? disgusting. This is the nightmare of nightmares. Yeah. Now, there's also a lot of bugs in the. I thought you said that. I thought you were going to say that the cockroach got in there, it laid a bunch of eggs. Um, well, and that's then, where I'm going next. Ready? So there's uh, a lot of flies <laughs> and other bugs that will use you to lay their eggs. And so uh, sort of a classic uh, presentation, and I saw this as a resident a number of times, and it freaked me out the first time, is this lady comes in and says, uh, here's my son, and there are butterflies coming out of his head. Now, if somebody comes in with their son and says there's butterflies coming out of his trick. head, you'd be like, you're crazy. She's like, no, I swear, there are butterflies coming out of his head. What are you talking about? She goes, they're butterflies. He's there, and then butterflies come out of his head. So it turns out that they'd recently been in South America, and there is a number of different bugs that'll do this, but uh, this bug had laid, it's sort of bit him and laid eggs underneath his skin, Ugh. and now they were hatching. So there was these little maggot things underneath the skin, and as they hatch, they turn into these little flying things, and they crawl out of the skin, and off they go. Pretty disgusting. That is so gross. Now, so, but that's just coming out of, coming the, out of the, where they bit. Like, yeah. So we actually did it. We cut a little hole there, and there, sure enough, there were all these little egg sort of sack <gasps> mega things that we cleaned what? out. And <laughs> and she actually knew what was going on because it's so common there. She was saying, no, no, no don't freak out. It's just this thing, and you just sort of have to get them out of there. And they've got all these home remedies. They put bacon and stuff on there when there's some stuff in uh, some of the leaves or the bacon that's down there that's supposed to kill them, but they didn't have that, so they came to the air. Uh, 
Wow. I've not seen that And yet. this is all considered foreign bodies. It's a foreign body to me. I, yeah, yeah, a foreign body. That's definitely a foreign body. Yeah, it is. Another interesting thing I find about foreign bodies is illustrated by this story. So I'm minding my own business when all of a sudden I'm a doctor in the ear. And uh, this gentleman <laughs> comes in and says, there's wood coming out of my leg. I'm like, what are you talking mm. about? There's wood coming out of my leg. There's wood coming out of my leg. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> so I go to the patient's bedside and he's got a big lot of scarring on his leg. And sure enough, when you look at his leg, there's like a piece of bark, like wood, and it's just poking through the skin. So we clean it up a little bit and I pull on it and pull on it and pull on it. Now comes this giant piece of wood. And he goes, you know, that's the third piece of wood that's come out of my leg. Oh, my God. Like, what? what? Yeah. Are you human? What's going on right. here? So we started I asking questions like, what is all the scars from? <laughs> He's like, well, I was in an explosion years ago, like 20 years ago or more. I can't remember the exact timing. And uh, they were dynamiting some stuff and he was hiding behind a tree and the explosion went bad and the tree blew up and it smashed into his leg and he had a couple of fractures and uh, this was in another country and they sewed him up and he'd never been quite right. And so what had happened is that bark from that tree had gotten shoved into his skin and uh, they hadn't removed it all. And then over time, it had slowly migrated out to the top of the skin and was now coming out. Mm. So he had wood coming out of his wow. leg. It's very exciting. Wow. Would you call a bullet that you couldn't retrieve out of somebody a foreign body? Yes. Yes. Absolutely. And, and most of the time, if the bullet's superficial, we'll pull it out. But if it's deep and it's not near any bad structure, you just leave it in. But yeah. they can migrate over years and come out just like this man's wood out of his leg. Do you just leave a bullet in somebody? Yes. We would be remiss to not mention that there are some types of foreign bodies that are very dangerous. You know, we joke around about a lot of these things, rectal foreign bodies or... You know, things that aren't as funny like drugs in the vagina or staples in the eye. But there are some things that are really dangerous that kids can put in their nose or swallow. And these things are generally... Oh. Yes. Magnets? Dave. Magnets? Ding, 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 ding. Mag yes, yeah, magnets. Kids. Now, why are magnets so dangerous, Dave? They snap together in yes. your intestines. And they make your, your top intestines and your lower intestines... Stick together. Click together, yeah. And then that's really bad, obviously. Yeah. Bowel obstructions and you need surgery. You get very, very sick if you swallow multiple so magnets. So the classic thing is, I was going to say buckyballs, but any magnets. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So these little magnets, the kid swallows them and they, uh, yeah, they get into your bowel and then they stick together and then they can actually produce a hole because they stick so together so strongly that the bowel dies and you can have a perforation or you can have an obstruction. Yeah, so they're bad. What else is bad? Sharp things. Sharp yeah. things. Sharp things. Anything sharp. Like my wit. Well. Yes. <laughs> your, your wit is deadly. But how, okay, so if they're so deadly, how come somebody who like comes in the yard ER swallowing sewing needles and things like that isn't perforating any, why, how are they just. Well, that is bad. If you've got a really sharp thing, then we have to go get it. Yeah. But Actually, it doesn't always immediately cause a perforation. But that's the concern, is that okay. it can cause a laceration or an injury or a perforation. How can it not cause... If I, I hold, If I hold like four needles in my hand and not even like squeeze down on it, something's going to be sticking me. Yeah. And I can swallow four needles and be like, eh, didn't get it. It's amazing. It's all good. It is pretty amazing. But yeah, it doesn't necessarily cause Is that why cause sword swallowers and... 
can do all that sword stuff. Sword swallowers are separate. Yeah, it's a entity. set of separate thing. That's a trained thing where it's a big thing. You can pull it in and out, and mm-hmm. they they open up their um, valves so that they can swallow them down. Mm-hmm. But it is interesting that people do swallow a lot of stuff, and you think it just get yeah. caught right in the back of yeah. your throat and be done. <clears throat> and sometimes it does. They absolutely come in, and there's a pin in the back of their throat. Uh-huh. But a lot of the time, it gets all the way down to the stomach, like glass, like crushed up glass. They swallow glass, and it gets all the way into their stomach, and so. Usually what's interesting is when it's just sitting in the stomach, which is at the, you know, the end, you swallow and it goes down your esophagus and then it goes to the big bag, the stomach. Usually while it's in the stomach, it's, that's not really when the problem is. Right. It's usually okay and we can go down and pull it out. What we worry about is what happens next when it goes into the next part, which is the small bowel. Mm-hmm. That's when it can start to lacerate, cut bleed, mm. badness. So if it's in the stomach, we can usually go down and pull it out. And on its way to the stomach, the esophagus is another, if it's staying in the esophagus and not making it down, down to the to stomach, it. that's also a very high risk place for a sharp item to be. And then the other really dangerous thing that sometimes You'll never guess it. people swallow, okay, wait, kids hold on. put it in their nose or their ears. And dangerous, not the magnets. Yeah. Something small. Something small, something, something round, something powerful. Yeah, I was. So I was gonna say a chemical thump, like a battery. Yes. yes. Yeah. Yes. Good job. Nice. Yes. You got batteries. It. Button batteries. Button yeah, batteries. like a little watch battery. Yeah. Those are really dangerous. What? Because they break apart. They erode really quickly. So probably what happens is you swallow it down, and uh, if it's particularly if it gets stuck in your esophagus, mm-hmm. so you swallow it and it doesn't make it to the stomach and it's sitting there, they can produce. Uh, they maybe leak a little bit, or they have a little electrical charge, mm-hmm. or a little bit of combination of those things, and they can erode through that esophagus very quickly, and then you're in serious trouble because wow. then food and stuff is pouring into your chest, and that's bad. Yeah, that's very bad. dangerous. Got to get them out fast, yeah. like six hours. Get them out. If it gets to your stomach, though, it's not as bad. Yeah. That's... The stomach's got acid and the little battery's sitting there like, ooh, ooh, ooh. Mm-hmm. it's not as bad. But if it's stuck in your esophagus, bad. And we also have that same uh, level of fear if there's a button battery in the nose or in the ear. We don't let those. A lot of times, like, um, let's say a kid puts um, one of the favorite things kids put in their nose and their ears is beads. That's just a little piece of plastic, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. If I can't personally get that out, I can send them to a specialist who will get that out. But a button battery, no. That specialist is coming in in the middle of the night if I can't get that out. Well, how does, take it, that out how right does away. it get stuck? Because I had friends in high school that would do the whole, like, shove some string in your nose. <laughs> and then, like, they'd pull the string out and they're like, like the between the, the nose mouth. and the mouth. Ew. And, like, so how, when they have, like, a battery, can't you just, like, give it a good snort and a big cough and then shoot it out um hopefully but sometimes it gets stuck it's it's your nose is not a big empty cavernous sack there's lots of folds <laughs> and potential places that things can get stuck oh. some people's noses are huge nose eye <laughs> nose holes huge you could drive small trucks in them. <laughs> but for other people there's lots of folds and not much room and things get stuck okay okay yeah but uh I think we covered a lot of the main things that that people shove into deep dark places foreign bodies bad don't want them. Especially batteries and kids. Batteries and kids, bad. Sharp things, swallowed, bad. Not a good thing. And magnets. Magnets. And the other bad bugs ones. that can lay other bad. bugs. Lay eggs. Lay eggs. We don't like yeah. those. Yuck. And cockroaches. Not We good. don't like cockroaches. No in good. In our ears or in our brains. Thanks to Jess Mason, Dave Mason, my name's Mel Herbert. This Won't Hurt A Bit is a production of Fooly Boo Incorporated. Produced by CeCe Herbert and Bill Connor. The information you hear on This Won't Hurt A Bit should not be taken as actual medical advice. 
you have actual medical questions about actual medical things, you should see an actual medical practitioner. Even though we are actually doctors, we're not your actual doctor. So, be sensible and keep it real. And this... Oh, this. 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 This.